0: Monday morning, guys. Nine o'clock central. <laughs> 10. Eight. Back the guys. Show. Monday morning.
1: There are 16 spots in the playoffs, and just one track left. Well, not just any track.
2: We're basically gonna have to win Daytona,
1: a last chance to keep playoff hopes alive.
0: One point to the good.
1: And for fans to experience an event unlike any other. Yeah! NASCAR weekend at Daytona International Speedway, August 25th and 26th. Get your tickets now at DaytonaInternationalSpeedway.com. Three, two, one, gentlemen, start your
3: agenda.
0: Not at the track? The Hot Pass Racing Network puts you at the track with ARCA and all the major NASCAR series. From Daytona to the final checkered flag, the Hot Pass Racing Network is your inside pass.
1: All right, race fans, let's get rowdy. The next 60 minutes will be two men talking one thing and one thing only, racing. From the third tracks of the Carolinas to the super speedways of Daytona and Talladega, no race is too big or small for this duo. Ladies and gentlemen, these are our hosts, Rowdy Maglite and Kyle Magda. This is the
4: Rowdy Maglite Show.
0: All right, guys, gals, welcome back to the Thursday night edition of the Rowdy Maglite Show. <laughs> hey, it's just going to be me tonight. Excuse me. Still kind of uh, 12 weeks of a cold there. Come down to this clearing my throat every once in a while, which is... Good. Guys, uh getting ready to roll into Michigan. Uh the Arkham and series will be there Friday. Always a great race. It'll be on FS one. Uh I'm sure it'll be on M R N. Tune in, check it out. But uh guys, we're gonna listen to uh the announcement that Xfinity made for next year, and I think this is great news, guys. Anytime you can get uh, exposure on the free network, it's good. It's good for Xfinity, and uh, let's let's listen to them talk about it.
5: we are now joined by the winner of tonight's World Wide Express 250, Carson Hosefar, driver of the number 42 World Wide Express Chevrolet for Nice Oh, uh,
0: that's not the right one. Congratulations to Carson. Here's the one we wanted to listen to first. Carson, all right. Good morning, good morning
6: everyone. It. And thanks for joining us today to discuss this unprecedented partnership between NASCAR and the CW Network to air all NASCAR Xfinity Series races beginning in 2025. We are joined today by NASCAR Senior Vice President of Media and Productions, Brian Herps, as well as the President of the CW Network, Dennis Miller. Brian, can you walk through the process of how this great partnership for the future of the Xfinity series materialized. Also, can you talk about the highlights of the partnership? Certainly one being that the entire Xfinity series will air on network for the first time ever.
7: Yeah, no, um, appreciate uh, the setup, James, and thank everybody for joining us on, on short notice. It's a, a big day for NASCAR, a big day for NextStar and the CW, and uh, we couldn't be more thrilled to kind of share the, the details with uh, with everyone. So from a process perspective, um, you know, we, we had, when we got to our open window where we could talk to non-incumbents, uh, we had a fair amount of interest from a number of parties. Um, CW and Nexstar presented a really compelling vision for what a NASCAR-CW um, partnership could look like. I think the differentiating factor, for us when we we're thinking about the, the CW and Nexstar is you really get to work with, with two um, different companies within the context of, of one partnership. One is the CW, um, a free-to-air broadcast network available in 125 million homes. Um, and then you also get the benefit of, of working with Nexstar, which is the largest TV station group uh, in the United States. So when you think about our uh, footprint in terms of the tracks that that we run on um, weekend and, and oh, every.
1: Yeah.
6: Sorry, I'm getting a little feedback. If everyone can please mute, thank you.
7: So, um, and then do you think about Next Star as the TV station group. Um, Within our track footprint, 84% um, of our tracks also have a NextStar station. So free-to-air distribution, um, that will only benefit uh, viewership for for the Xfinity series of of upcoming kind of uh, drivers. And then the second piece is on-site activation, local marketing, local coverage, ticketing, contesting, um, the full kind of event experience and local experience we think will only be um, benefited by having Nexstar as our partner.
6: Thank you, Brian. Um, And Dennis, um, thanks for coming on here. Can you talk about what the partnership means for the CW and why it made sense for your programming strategy?
2: Yes, sorry about the background noise because I'm the one at the airport. Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, Obviously, it's a huge win for Nextdoor and the CW. Uh, As you know, Brian's a hard act to follow, but um, I think he covered a lot of the important, you know, connective tissue between the two companies, two founder, you know, uh, uh, based companies here that, you know, established a chemistry early on. And our job is to, you know, grow the CW network in terms of viewership and revenues. Uh, We knew, you know, since we had a lot of NASCAR. Events already on C W, on excuse me, on Next Star stations that live sports were the key to, to growing an audience were valuable from the MVPDs and the virtual MVPDs perspective. Saw how loyal these fans were. You know, looked across the kind of rights uh, landscape and saw how Xfinity did versus NHL and UFC and Premier League, and you know felt like this was the best package that could help drive you know the asset value of the C W and provide you know, great local programming, and when combined with the, you know, inside the NFL and then the ACC and now the CW, you know, we wanted to establish, you know, 48 out of 52 weeks having uh, sports programming for our affiliates, so um, we couldn't be more delighted, as as Brian said, and, you know, the fact that our stations lined up so well, advertisers were clamoring for, you know, for live sports here that have never been on the CW before, And, uh, you know, this is going to be, you know, a very significant part of of kind of the growth trajectory for the CW.
6: Thank you, Dennis. We'll now go to the media for questions. If you would please raise your hand within Zoom, and then we'll handle it on the back end once, once you're called on. If you just state your name and affiliation and ask your question, and we'll get on with it. Thank you. We'll start with John Lewis.
8: Hello, uh, thanks for taking the time to do this today. Uh, unfortunately, I did have a bit of a technical issue, so I didn't hear uh, everything at the beginning, but uh, I did wanna ask if you have not addressed this already, is this the beginning of a relationship that could expand beyond the Xfinity series? Is there the possibility of races in other series, the truck series, for example, going to the CW moving forward?
7: Uh, yeah, so it's it's the, the start of our relationship with the CW and X-Star, which starts in, in 2025, and, and proud to announce alignment on, on the Xfinity um, series. Uh, we're still in active conversations around CUP and, and trucks, also with, obviously, our partners at Fox and, and NBC, um, but what we've agreed to, which we're really excited about, Um, for today is uh, in a partnership with with CW and XTAR that includes exclusivity around all Xfinity series races and all um, practice and qualifying events for Xfinity as well, full season from February to November.
6: All right, thanks. Thank you, John. Next, we'll go to Bob Pockers from Fox Sports.
5: Yeah, uh, Brian, I'm not sure if this is under your purview, but can you uh, do you know, is it how much as far as economics for Xfinity Series teams, how much of uh, an impact will this have? Can you give any sort of thought, any sort of estimate on uh, increase to their funding? Or do you see this more as uh, being ability to be on broadcast all the time as increasing their value?
7: Yeah, luckily, I'm just a lowly TV guy, Bob. Um, so on the media rights side, this is just one step on the media rights um, process. Obviously, a lot uh, to work out on the Cuff Series side um, as well. I know that, um, obviously, Steve Phelps and Steve O'Donnell, Ben Kennedy's Cup Prime, and, and others are having uh, ongoing conversations with the entire industry in, in terms of what the future of that um, revenue sharing relationship um, looks like. But it would, I wouldn't be in a position to comment on that um, at this time.
5: And for Dennis, uh, we often ask on these deals, uh, how how active will you be as far as, like, the identity of the series? There's a lot of chatter about could this, the Finney series, be NASCAR's electric series? Do you have any, uh, just how active do you anticipate the CW being as far as, you know, the kind of, I guess, the identity and the product on the track?
2: Sorry, I was on mute there. Um, You know, we are obviously just getting underway with our relationship toward the new production facilities. I think the CW's history has been, you know, doing innovative programming and kind of culture-defining programming. And we've seen, you know, to date, what, uh, what NASCAR has been able to deliver at the highest level. But, you know, we certainly, you know, hope to build a, you know, a very strong relationship creatively uh, in terms of marketing, in terms of taking advantage of the, you know, the IP that they have, uh, take advantage of some of the great talent that is associated with NASCAR. So, you know, we're going to, uh, you know, spend as much time as we can with our new partners. This is our most significant, you know, investment to date. And so, you know, we just hope to be great partners and bring the best of what we know about broadcast television to NASCAR. And they're going to bring us their great, you know, IP. And uh, I think you'll see us just to continue to evolve, to provide a great, you know, experience for, for consumers. Thank you.
6: Thank you, Bob. Next, we'll go to Jerry Jordan.
9: Hi, this is Jerry Jordan with Kicking the Tires. Um, Dennis, uh, for you, next to our, and and comcast xfinity have had you know they're they compete in a lot of different areas as well how will this uh affect the branding of the Nest of uh, the uh, xfinity series or or is that set going forth is that is that how how will that relationship work between two different companies like this
2: i should let brian speak to the that specific branding piece so i'll let you uh handle that brian
7: yeah of course as jerry mentions obviously uh, a a good relationship between Nextar and NBC and also Comcast and um CW um with respect to just their their business partnerships um, Uh, With respect to the entitlement of the series itself and the Xfinity series sponsorship, which has been fantastic for us and I think is working really well for Xfinity uh, as as well, Um, those are subject to to larger partnership and sponsorship discussions that our our sponsorship team is is just working through now. This relationship with the CW CW,
4: uh,
7: is obviously something that we're super excited about again broadcast TV for all 33 Xfinity Series races. Our broadcast numbers, when you look at Xfinity Series broadcast ratings versus Xfinity Series cable ratings, you're, you're always performing better on on broadcast. So we think this elevates the profile of that series broadly, uh, but would probably be a little bit uh, premature to speculate on, on um, kind of renewal talks with Xfinity as an entitlement partner.
9: Okay, and Brian, for you um, specifically, how, when you're going out for something like this, you said that y'all looked at a, y'all had interest from a lot of different people. How did those negotiations work when you're when you're coming up with something like this?
7: Sure. Uh, so I, I think in the media environment that we're in today, where You have broadcast TV being as well distributed as it is. Cable TV uh, still being uh, very well distributed, but declining a little bit in terms of overall subscriptions. And then obviously you have direct consumer and streaming that's rising alongside um, uh, the the rest of kind of the, the media landscape is taking more kind of uh, minutes in terms of consumption is going over to digital and streaming. I think what we wanted to do is we wanted to balance the, the distribution with the financials of, of this this project um, for us and feel like we were able to find um, a really good fit with the, the CW, obviously, again, all broadcast TV, free to air, um, available um, to, to all of our fans. Um, but we we were lucky to have uh, – we've been continuing to have conversations with both the incumbents and, and third parties. We just thought this was a great fit for our sport and our fan base um, and was too good to pass up at this time. Thank you, sir.
6: Again, if anyone has questions, please raise your hand on the Zoom, and we'll call on you and answer them. We'll go to Deb.
10: Hi, Deb Williams with Auto Week. Um, Even though FS1 is uh, cable, you've had the truck series on there where people always knew to go to FS1. Have you seen a growth there in the truck viewership? And is that the reason that you wanted to go with the Xfinity series on one sole network? The hope of um, people always knowing that's where they could go to watch the Xfinity races.
7: You know, I do think anytime you can create a destination for an entire series, um, that probably helps in terms of um, conditioning our, our our fans in terms of where to go, whether it's on Friday or Saturday or or Sunday. Um, the truck series has grown in, in viewership. It's up about 15% over the last uh, four or five years on, on FS1, uh, which kind of flies in the face of, of most cable viewership, um, frankly. Um, but I, I think we wanted to develop a, a um, compelling proposition um, for the CW and NextStar. I think they provided that in terms of their distribution footprint as well as kind of the station footprint. Um, and it just it happened to work out that a, a full season of February to November coverage on the Xfinity Series um, side. It, it worked well, and I think Dennis mentioned a little bit earlier as well. I think there's a a good uh, culture fit uh, between the two companies uh, as well, between NASCAR, the France family, and uh, Nextar CW also being a, a family-founded uh, company by by Perry Hook. So I'm thrilled to get into to this partnership with, uh, with them and excited to, to roll this out over the next year and a half.
10: And if I may ask another question, I know the NASCAR Productions Facility is, The new one in Concord is scheduled to be open, I think, by the end of the year. How will that – I noticed in the press release it said that these telecasts will be done by NASCAR Productions. So how does this new facility make this possible?
7: Uh, Yeah, great question. So the rollout of the new facility will start to do um, testing, essentially side-by-side testing of live events in Q4 of 2023, and it will be fully operational in Q1 of, of 2024. It is a brand-new building. It comes with brand-new production technology, a heavy investment um, on behalf of uh, NASCAR and uh, the, the industry. Um, but we think it, it makes a lot of sense with that new technology to, to partner with the CW to, to roll that out in coordination with NASCAR Productions. Just so the group has an understanding kind of the scope of the production's operation today, we produce – we, NASCAR Productions, sorry – produce all the Xfinity standalone races um, for either Fox or NBC. We produce all the trucks in the back half for FS1. We're producing that content. We're producing all of IMSA's races um, as well. All that comes out of NASCAR Productions. And with the new upgrade in production technology um, that we were having roll out um, in, in 2024, uh, we thought it made a, a lot of sense to make sure that new technology and a new partner that we're working together on that uh, production plan.
10: Okay. Thank you.
6: Go to John for another
8: one. Hi, yeah, this is John Lewis from Sports Media Box again. I just had a quick question about uh, obviously, you know, the CW is a different kind of broadcast network. It's not your NBC, ABC, etc. It doesn't have the same kind of primetime viewership. Uh, does that kind of open you up to some more creative time slots? Maybe there are some Friday night Xfinity races. Those will stay on Friday nights, even though it's over the year broadcast TV. Uh, maybe some Sunday night. Well. Uh, after a Cup Series race, for example?
7: Uh, I think we'd still target uh, Saturday afternoons probably a little bit more on Saturday nights um, from a, a scheduling perspective is what we're talking about with uh, with the CW. That's in early stages. Um, hopefully we're not running on Sunday nights after Cup. If not, if we're doing that, that's something that uh, Mother Nature has something to say um, about. So, um, yeah, the, the plan is, Saturday afternoons and probably a little bit more on uh, Saturday evenings um, for uh, the CW. I think when you look at their recent investments in uh, the Atlantic Coast Conference football, you could be looking at a, a Saturday in the fall where you have Xfinity practice and qualifying sessions leading into Atlantic Coast Conference football, leading into an Xfinity uh, series race. So a, a really big block of, of sports programming, not to steal Dennis's thunder on, on the CW starting um, in, in 2025 and, and obviously earlier than that as well.
2: All right we're thanks. going to ask Brian to we're going to ask Brian to be our head of scheduling shortly because uh, <laughs> that was extremely uh articulate and well laid out about what the weekends could look like at the cW All
6: right, thank you. We're going to go back to Jerry. but after Jerry, um please raise your hand if you have a question after that, we'll have no more if there's no more hands raised. Thank you. Jerry? Hey, guys,
9: just just one more question for Dennis, and, and this is more to your demographic with uh, with the CW and the young drivers in the NASCAR Xfinity Series. When you say you were looking at other sports and things to bring on. How does that demographic work, and how, how does this help with the target audience for what NASCAR and you guys both want to do um, in growing the, the second-tier series in the
11: sport?
2: Well, I think uh, it's a good question. I think our, as you know... Oh, the history of the CW has been a under different ownership, a kind of young adult audience uh, you know delivery platform here. Uh, the linear broadcast has been you know younger than the other uh, broadcast networks, but still in the you know older range here. the digital app uh, that we own that will and as you know, we're getting broadcast and digital rights here has skewed dramatically younger here. so we've got this kind of dual platform capability here. And, you know, we think between the, the kind of history of the programming the CW has done and what the brand stands for that partnering it uh, up and coming, you know, Big Five network with a sport that is, you know, at least with Xfinity driving some of the younger racers, you know, up to the cup level here and establishing this just a nice kind of fit with how we're doing our brand management and, you know, where they want to go with Xfinity. So. Uh, it's, again, as Brian had said earlier, it was a good cultural fit, both brands hoping to do, you know, and build the same kind of audience awareness out there. And we have some flexibility between the linear broadcast and the digital app to take advantage of, you know, the breadth of our, our audience out there. Thank you,
6: sir. All right, we'll go to Jonathan now. Thank you very much, uh, just a quick question. You know, We've heard
2: a lot about you know, the split between uh, teams and NASCAR and the tracks as far as the TV money. Do you have any uh, specifics on what that looks
7: like for this team? It's, it's not a part of this uh, conversation, um, frankly, so I, I can't comment on the rev share between NASCAR, the teams, and, and the tracks.
6: Okay. Thank you very much. All right, um, unless we have any more, we're going to wrap it up right now. One last chance to raise your hand. Otherwise, we'll get this one moving.
1: There are 16 spots in the playoffs and just one track left. Well, not just any track.
2: We're basically going to have to win.
1: Daytona, a last chance to keep playoff hopes alive.
0: One point to the good.
1: And for fans to experience an event unlike any other. NASCAR Weekend at Daytona International Speedway, August 25th and 26th. Get your tickets now at DaytonaInternationalSpeedway.com.
5: All right, moving right along here with our media availability here. We are now joined by Denny Hamlin, driver of the number 11 Toyota for Joe Gibbs Racing. If you have a question for Denny, please raise your hand. We'll get a mic to you. We'll start off with Nate and then Bob. Uh,
11: Nate Ryan, NBC Sports. Danny, we go back to something you said after Pocono, where you said the rules of going for a win have changed in the last 10 years. Obviously, that coincides with the the restructuring of the playoffs in 14. But is, was there a moment, or have there been moments like when what sh- the, the move you made at Pocono and Larson became an accepted way of doing business? Or
12: um, I think it it is become ex- I mean, has, has become accepted. Certainly. Um, It's been more lenient, I think, from a media standpoint and a fan standpoint, you know, within reason, as long as it's not, you know, something crazy, um, you know, again, it's not, it it changes depending on how severe it is. You know, if you look at the Tigers-Brand Jones thing, that certainly is like way over the top and things like that. But I think that uh, normal, you know, racing hard at, at the end of races for wins, it certainly seems like. You know, that's been kind of the mantra that has come about over the last 10, 10 years or so. It's definitely been different. I mean, it doesn't mean that over the last 30 years that um, it hasn't happened, but it's just been more of a, you know, win at all costs type of mantra for sure.
11: Just all because in 2014 it became wins are tied to playoff berths and advancement. Yeah. that's what changed it.
12: Yeah, certainly. I think when – They started giving playoff points and stage points, which that's what it was geared to do, right, is make us more, um, you know, the sense of urgency to ramp up, knowing that regular season performance matters towards making it uh, to the Final Four with a shot. So that's, yeah, certainly I think that that did its, the system's doing what it was designed to
11: do. And uh, when William Byron was in here earlier, he was saying that the move you made and others have made, it's easier with the next-gen car to kind of get on the inside would you agree with that has it become something yeah
12: i I, um it's so different with the next gen because it with the other car the guy on the outside would use the air to make the inside guy loose you see them you'll see an xfinity series or truck series they'll when the guy's on the outside they'll pull they want to get closer to the inside guy and get them loose and sometimes they spin sometimes they don't but that's them manipulating the air to make it tough on that guy or or what have you in the cup cars the other way around like the power position is actually on the bottom not the top so it is certainly a lot different than than the other one Bob
5: and yeah, Chris Fox Sports. I know Kyle's had some sprint car stuff but have you guys talked or texted or anything
12: Uh yeah we've communicated
5: yeah and had that go I I thought it went good And looking back like would you do anything different if you had to do it all over again
12: I mean it's really hard to say you do anything different. It's, it's so split second and, you know, the win meant so much to me at that time. Um, you know, again, so many different records that, that we could accomplish with that one win with the track, with Toyota, with myself personally. Um, it's hard to say in that moment I would do anything differently for sure. Um, you know certainly I, I didn't like the outcome for him. I wish that you know he he could have finished second, but it just it was a one of those things where we just flat out ran out of room and, and I made a split second decision to try to clear him instantly and you can see from my onboard I don't I don't see him right I see him go up the track and I don't know where he's at when I start to throttle up and I'm saying all right, I'm gonna clear him but when I didn't it uh, you know I knew that uh, we were going to be in a bad spot.
1: We're
5: gonna go to Randy,
1: then Kelly, then Davey. Randy Hallman, Richmond Times Dispatch. Uh, last time we talked Danny, you hadn't yet uh, spoken with uh, Kyle. Uh, did you guys come to the race together? I know you do sometimes.
12: Uh no, not not this time.
1: Can you can you give us any more about what was said and and what the mood was?
12: Not really. I mean, I think, you know, similar to the Chase Chase Elliott incident after, you know, you know he reached out to me. I I, I just prefer to keep it private and between us. And, you know, if they care to elaborate on it, that's that's totally fine. But I'll you know, leave it up to them.
5: Kelly and then Davey.
4: Kelly, Crandall, uh, Denny, going back to what you just said about the system and then looking at Twitter this week, you had responded to somebody pointing out that, well, you've been <laughs> wrecked in the past. Are you having to – Maybe adjust your mindset and get more aggressive tying into mm-hmm. what you said about the system because it kind of seems like, in a way, like you have to be more selfish, I think, in this yeah. system, right, to, to succeed and try to get to deep in the playoffs and, ta- and and not worry so much about other people. Like, you have to do what you have to do, to, as cliche as that is, to get to Phoenix, right?
12: Yeah. I mean, I think that it's so it's just different now. The, the cars are closer together. You, the passing is more difficult than it's ever been. I mean, even Mark Martin would have to adjust his style in this type of car because you just, the days of, you know, the gentleman letting the guy go and you'll just go get him later, like, that's it's just not, it's a different game nowadays. And I wish we could go back to those days, but that's, that's not where we're at. You, you have to adapt to where you're at. You adapt or you die. And so certainly um, I feel like over the last few years I've, I've decided to be more aggressive because I've got used up by aggressive you know and and it's hard to blame them at the time because it's like you know especially in a race winning situation certainly you're upset when someone just right rear hooks you or or, you know runs right in the back end stage one and spins you out and puts you in the wall that's one thing racing for the win is certainly a lot different than what it has been in the past and you just you if you have one person willing to be aggressive and one not aggressive will win every time it's just the facts of it and usually you're not going to find two guys that are the nice guy at the end of these races anymore someone has to take it to the next level to you know want it and then if you have two guys that really want it you see what happens at Darlington right it's this person squeeze next restart okay find this person squeeze like that's that's just what happens and I you know I'm adamant that that's when the race fans win that's when they get to see the the action and the passion they they want to see
4: so you said there about over the last few years you've had to get more aggressive, and I wanted, to follow, I wanted to ask about that. Was there a moment where you decided, okay, I can't be the guy that gets used up, I have to start changing how I race now?
12: I mean, honestly, I think it was after the Chastain thing for sure. I mean, I, I, I certainly I was very vocal about, you know, I need to do something, need to do something, and at the time the scales were like three to nothing, right? And I, And I just was very frustrated. My team was frustrated at me for not doing anything. And um, you know, and so the the mindset has just changed to, you know, and you know, you got to put it out there that you're going to be aggressive because I think that um, you know, if a guy runs into you, you're going to run right back into him, and that's just that's the way I've I've got to change things from this point forward because it's you know, for the most part, uh, it's it's been uh, tough results for us at the end of the race, especially the last three years. You know, it's been spun out of the lead three times, so it's really really tough and so i just have said that you know it's it's time to be more aggressive i certainly hate that it came at kyle's expense for sure i mean if there's anyone in the field that i probably should protect it it's those guys but it's you know or teammates but man it's that the wind just meant a lot to me at the time and and um i i made an attempt to pass them and it, it didn't happen the way i in, intended for sure
7: we're
5: going to go to Davey and then Lane.
12: Davey Siegel with SiriusXM. I know you're obviously not going to divulge the
13: details of the conversation you had, but why did you want to have it in person versus over the phone, and did you have a goal of what you wanted to accomplish coming out of the conversation, and if so, did you accomplish that goal?
12: Yeah, I mean, listen, there's, there's always going to be a difference of opinion, and sometimes you have to agree to disagree, and that's okay. But the biggest thing is, you need to. I think hearing the other person out and understanding uh, why they're frustrated. Um, Sometimes you, you know, when you get caught up in your own world and thinking about your own team and how important it is to them, you know, and and you have an incident like that, it's you do need to sit down and take a second to hear the other side. And um, I, I totally understand that for sure uh but yeah i mean as far as you know i wanted to have it in person i I did because i thought that you know we we should have that type of relationship and um but you know the the details of it will you know won't come from my end
13: and going back to i think it was nate's point about 2014 when stuff started changing we've seen a lot of times drivers you know lay back and let somebody get their lap back at the end of the stage and just kind of give a little bit more when they don't need to take as much so that they maybe race a little bit differently when it matters more in the playoffs and in the championship four, how do you walk that fine line, especially doing so with drivers like Kyle that, you know, you're going to be racing when it comes down to it in Phoenix.
12: Yeah. I mean, I think that it's, you're typically going to have these incidents with guys that are up front. You know, that's because you're you're racing next to each other all the time. That you know, they're they're gonna be competitive every week, we're gonna be competitive every week, so that's just part of it. But I think, you know, both sides understand, you know, that there's a bigger prize to be had and certainly it, it probably meant as much to him at the time because he knows that he's just trying to get to Phoenix with a shot, same as we are. So um it's it's it just it's so different and it is, you know, a dog eat dog type of um, you know, mentality now and it's just and it seems like it's even grown on some of the older guys. It just—it really is. I mean, short of maybe Martin, uh, he might be probably the cleanest guy in the garage. But um, but yeah, I mean, he wins them. Uh, but he usually doesn't have anyone close to him
3: to battle him when he wins. So it's it's a little different for sure. Lane, Lane Casadante, CBS six here in Richmond. Denny, you're getting to a point now where every win clicks off another milestone and another chapter to your career resume are you able to enjoy these milestones or does the business at hand and the the fact that it's every single week kind of take away from that and will you have to wait until the end of the season to look back on being Manchester's greatest athlete (laughs) yeah I don't know
12: I think that you know it's it's very tough because when you lose it's like you got another chance to win every seven days but when you win it's like The team's ready to turn the corner, and everyone's ready to turn the corner and focus on the next track. And you don't get a whole lot of time to uh, enjoy it. And you know, like I mentioned last week's after the race, that the conversation with Matt Kenseth was like, "Man, until you retire, he's like, you don't you don't understand what you've accomplished, right?" And so, um, you know, we'll look back on it in one day. But you know, the job at hand now is just to keep you know putting stats in the stat column to try to have a conversation at the end of the career about. But certainly I've, I'm very happy. If I didn't have another top five or not top ten or another win, I've been very happy with, with my career.
5: Danny we'll go over here to your right to Owen and then Al. Hey, Denny, OwenJohnsonCupScene.com. Do you expect to be raced differently in the coming races, kind of as a target for moves like this going forward, or do you think the aggression that you talked about is so high that everyone's
4: going to get moves like this put on them?
12: Yeah, I think that it's the the field is like this. You'll see it in turn one on a restart. That everyone's gonna, no one really cares about what you know others have done to you or you've done to others. They're they're just trying to get it all for themselves, and and so that's just the nature uh, of racing the Cup Series now. So no, I, I don't expect. Uh, any different because it, you know, stuff like that happens, you know, many times during the race that uh, we don't even see.
14: Yeah. yeah, Danny, do you recall a specific moment when somebody at corporate NASCAR said, "Okay, boys have at it. We can't have that anymore." You remember when Robin Pemberton said mm-hmm. that, "Boys have at it." Now it's gotten to the point where if you have at it, you might get suspended. Where, yeah. where did that where did that happen? Do you remember?
12: I I think it was during the Kenseth incident. Honestly, that with him and Logano, that was the point where they stepped in and and you know for the first time in a long time, someone got suspended for something on track. Um, from that point on, they they deemed it as anything super egregious that puts someone in danger. They're they're going to do something about it. Uh, and so, you know, the two suspensions that we've seen. Um, have been egregious and put the other in danger.
14: So, you with Kendrick and Lugano. Yes.
12: You think
14: that, might have I, that
12: was the point where I think they you know, said, you know, unless you're racing for position, um, you know, they're not going to tolerate someone slowing down. You know, you got the Boyer-Jeff Gordon incident where, you know, Jeff slowed down and waited for him and then took out Boyer and Logano I think, uh, at the time. Those were just really over-the-top you know, stuff that they, you know, they didn't, they think, they thought that, you know, that's that's essentially kind of not racing.
5: We're, we're going to wrap up here with Holly.
10: Hi, Dan. Holly. I've been wire service. Um, over the course of covering the sport for decades, I've always had people say, I'd wreck my best friend to win. And <laughs> that's kind of, you and Kyle were, were good friends, are good friends, I'm assuming still. My point in all this is, do you think that also showing that you're willing to, to take it door to door even with somebody that you are good friends with maybe establishes things for you as the season kind of winds down people might be a little less likely to mess with you so to speak i mean does it establish that this is how you're you know going to be
12: it is it is how i'm going to be that's for sure i'm not gonna back down from being aggressive and again i'm i'm having to adapt my style to to this it's, it's not the same as it was 10 years ago um certainly um you know the, the game has changed for sure uh but yeah i think that the, the fans should like that two people are willing to put any personal friendship aside when they go and compete um on a racetrack on sunday i mean that's again that's when they win is that when you know they don't want to see someone let someone go um that's just that's less entertaining, right? And we are in the entertainment business. So I think that, um, you know, the fans win in that instance. Um, but, yeah, it's it's just certainly I think in, in me and Kyle's instance, you know, he, he's gotten the, the worst end of it uh, a few times. So I probably need to um, you know, be more aware and, and be a little bit more cautious a- around him simply because, you know, the, the scales are tipped in my favor in that instance.
5: Thank you very much, Danny. Good luck this weekend. And for those in here, we are now going to open our cup qualifying bullpen. We've got a couple drivers out there now. We'll be available for scrum interviews. It'll close during practice and then reopen again during qualifying. Looks like we have Derek Krauss and Kevin Harvick available. Kevin, if you want to come right up here is probably the most room. Put you right here. You can put Derek right there then.
1: There are 16 spots in the playoffs, and just one track left. Well, not just any track. We're basically going to have to win. Daytona, a last chance to keep playoff hopes alive. One point to the good. And for fans to experience an event unlike any other. NASCAR weekend at Daytona International Speedway, August 25th and 26th. Get your tickets now at DaytonaInternationalSpeedway.com.
0: Hey guys, and we'll be there live Daytona time. Captain Dave and Rowdy Maglite, all three of us will be in the fan zone at Daytona for the Coke uh, Zero Sugar Four Hundred. Guys, look for us. Also, stop by and tailgate with Bill at Red Thirty Eight. If you know that, if you're in the infield. From one tunnel to the other tunnel, you can't miss a under the big white tent. Uh, Red 38, Mafia, that's where they're at. Look them up on Facebook, guys. Uh, We're doing ticket giveaways with uh, Daytona, so uh, tune in. It's going to be trivia. Get your trivia books out. But uh, we're going to listen to Kyle right now. The new
5: Kyle. Morning, Kyle.
0: Come
5: on, you, Kyle. All right, everyone. We are going to continue with our media availabilities this morning. We are now joined by Kyle Bush, driver of the number eight Chevrolet for Richard Childress Racing. If you have a question for Kyle, just raise your hand, and we'll get you a mic, and we'll jump right into the questions. We'll start with Nate over here and then Bob. Nate Ryan, ABC Sports.
11: Kyle, the Hamlin-Larson incident at Pocono, um, what's your take on forcing someone to make a choice between lifting or potentially hitting the wall when you get underneath them? Um, is it a fair move? And Denny said that it's something that's become like an accepted way of doing business the last 10 years.
15: Would would you agree with that in your time in NASCAR?
6: Um,
15: yeah. So, I mean, there's different ways of characterizing driving styles, right? But um, also I guess racing styles and how aggressive you are and, you know, Slide jobs or forcing somebody out of the groove and making them lift or whatever and with the cars being more equal this day and age yeah you don't want to get stuck by, side by side with somebody and allow a third place guy to kind of come into the fray and uh and make it a three-way battle so you want to disperse of that guy as fast as you can and the easiest way to do that is run him out of the groove um whether that's dirty or not it kind of is what it is but um danny might be a little remiss and forgotten about him doing that same move to me back in 2010 or 11 at the all-star race and putting me in the fence off of two. so he's done it for a lot longer than 10 years
11: is it you said is it dirty or not do you think it's dirty and would you do it
15: for a win um yeah i mean i think in certain circumstances you know you, you try to win races as clean as you can right i mean that's always kind of been my way of of being brought up and you know, you got to have a race car to go to the next week with, and so if you're crashing your stuff or somebody else's stuff, they're going to come back and crash you later. So, um, you know, that I don't know. Just um, If I was in that same boat, I'm, I'm going to try to race it out and, uh, and do the best I can to, to figure out how to make a, a side draft and, and, and make a, a slide job where I'm clear and I can take that guy there, um, not just, you know, force him up the track door to door and into the wall.
5: Bob pocker's Hawk Sports. I guess from a driver's standpoint, what's the difference between what we saw last week versus what you would see a short track as far as like a bump and run for the win?
2: Well,
15: I mean the 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 bump and run scenario, that's that might even be a worse cheap shot, you know. Um Carl, twenty seventeen here, is that right? So um keep bringing them up i'll keep telling you that it happened to me uh you know just yeah i just you flat out run into the corner deeper than you know your car is going to stick and you use the guy in front of you as a brake and and that's kind of what happens in the bump and run sometimes i mean my issue with with earn with junior here in 2008 was we were racing battling hard side by side and and you know you you keep inching into the corner a little bit deeper every single time and there's going to be a time where you go over that limit and you slip, and that was me, and uh, made contact with him. And so, um, you know, that, that to me, like we were side-by-side side for three laps. It was kind of building up. It was going to be inevitable, but, um, you know, th- those are hard racing moments, and those are moments in which you're, you're pushing a little bit more. When you get side-by-side side with somebody for the first chance and you just whack them out, you know, that's, that's not racing. That's whacking. Yeah, yeah. No, it, I would I would say it definitely matters. You know who you're around and who you're racing with, and what their history is, and what your history with them is on on how they're, you know, going to be raced um, or how you think you should race them. Got a lane in the back.
3: Lane Casadante, CBS six here in Richmond. Along those lines, how do you? Defend against a move like that because outside of being faster than somebody else and not giving them the opportunity, how do you defend against that? Because driving defensively seems to be counterproductive to what has made you guys successful in the first place.
15: Yeah, I think that's the tough part, right? Um, you know, if you're Larson in that situation, you just lift out of the gas once Denny gets alongside of you. No, like you have to put trust and faith in that guy that he's going to be able to run you. As you would expect to be ran um, and and not have to lift. I mean, if if Larson lifts and brushes the wall, he loses eight spots on that straightaway. You know, so um, really you're in a you're in a no win situation uh, when you're that guy on the outside like that.
5: We'll go to Al and then Lee.
14: Yeah, Kyle. M- many many years ago, Robin Pemberton said, "Boys have at it." Remember that. It now now we are told that this is a self-policing sport, but people are being suspended now for doing things that Robin Pemberton told him years ago was okay. Where do you come down on boys have at it, police yourselves, or we'll suspend you if we want to?
15: Well, uh, I think in some of the suspension cases, it was a bit egregious. Um, You know, it, it, it was a bit much. I was probably close to that. Um, with my incident with Harvick. Man, I'm giving a history lesson today, boys Um, and girls. 2010 or 11, I think, at Darlington, you know, I hooked Harvick in the right rear, Um, and that today would have been grounds for suspension in that one. But we had a history, and we had a run-in, and he ran me in the fence and everything else. So I think they kind of waved on that one, just how we've been racing with each other. But, um, yeah, just... There's there's a line, and, and they know where it is, and, and we all try to get to that edge as much as we can when we're mad at somebody, and, um, you know, you're going to have those repercussions when it comes down. But the
1: line has moved through the years.
15: There is no definitive line. I don't know if it's over there or if it's over there, but it's somewhere in this room. Thank you.
10: Lee? Lee Spencer, Ketchrench, You race a lot against a lot of kids. You bring up a lot of kids through KBM. I would think that you take a lot more satisfaction out of getting a win the way you did against Corey Heim in the truck race, where you set him up and pass him and get the win than Denny did. I mean, I think, you know, a win's a win, right? But I would think, you know, from a moral standpoint, if there is one in racing, that there's greater satisfaction in what you did.
15: Yeah, um, there were definitely some other moments in that race where I was alongside of him and I was loose and I could have just stayed loose and stayed in the gas and ran into him and him wash out or whatever. But, um, you know, I tried to keep our stuff as clean as we could and, and race it out and, and race it hard and clean for the finish. So, um, like I said, there's, um, there's certain people that you're going to do that with, but then there's also how you're raised in your mentality of what you feel like is right. And, you know, you, you live by that, by that moral. So, um, you know, it's, I think larson's down probably four on denny at least right now so he's got a lot to get even
10: and you won at fontana in the spring we're going to michigan next week which is you know similar track how do you feel about going back to michigan and what do you think your chances are
15: yeah uh completely different racetracks even though they're they're two miles same distance um man fontana and michigan are so so vastly different from each other but um, you know, I'm looking forward to it. We've had good speed at the at the fast racetracks this year, the mile and a half the two mile speedways, so uh, even the two and a half miles. Um, so I would like to think that uh, we've got a good shot going to Michigan. I remember, I think, running second and third with the, the eight car there last year um, with Reddick. He was fast. We were fast. And so uh, we both had good cars. And, and unfortunately, I got caught up in a wreck early on and didn't get to finish. But, um, you know, it seems like they've got a good baseline package for that place anyways. And so I'd like to think that we'll be fine.
5: Kyle, we'll come over to your right here to Owen and then we'll go to Davey. Hey Kyle. Owen Johnson CupScene dot com. So you had a strong win at SRX on Thursday. Does that give you any confidence heading into a short track at Richmond for NASCAR?
15: Um yeah, I mean it does. It it uh it tells you when you get everything right that, you know, you can do the job. So, um those cars are all pretty equal and, and the same and whatnot. And um, you know, I was really loose in, in the in the Heat races, but I uh, was able to kind of tune on it a little bit with the adjustments that were allowed and made my stuff a lot better for the feature, so that was really cool um, you know it's fun fun to race and and get out there and and duke it out with some of those guys and to to not have spotters is is certainly different. I think you kind of see that and that's sort of where most of the wrecks come from is you just it's it's about knowing your situation and having situational awareness that's the biggest thing that 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 race is all about you know like when i was running in the back of the second heat like i was trying to make my way forward couldn't make my way forward so now i'm like okay if i'm not going forward then there's going to be somebody behind me that's going to be trying to go forward i better look in the mirror and just check and see where they're at you know so um you always just have to be on top of it
7: and then obviously srx has suspended paul tracy would you like to see that kind of model applied in nascar for that kind of move
15: I don't know that he did a move. I just think that he had absolutely zero situational awareness and thought that he was far enough ahead of the guy on his outside that that guy should lift and get out of the gas. He must have learned from Denny the week before. So um, I, I, I don't know. I mean, that was completely blatant and uncalled for of just driving up the racetrack and not having any care for the guy that's alongside of you and just racing you know they they want to put on a good show they've got a good product they've got nice cars and they just keep getting torn up because of dumb moves we'll go to Davey and then Holly
13: Davey Siegel with Sirius XM Kyle you talked about your short track package this year and how you guys would like to get better there your stats at Richmond speak for themselves right how how receptive has RCR been to your feedback on what to improve not just on short tracks in general but at this racetrack specifically
15: yeah, um, I mean, we've been talking about it nonstop, you know, day in, day out, trying to figure out what it is that uh, that we need to do to get better to go faster at the short track. So um, this weekend will be another one of those tests, just being at a short track here and, and trying to figure it out. Um, there's really not a whole lot of short tracks left um, for the remainder of the year. you got Martinsville and Phoenix, I think. So this is kind of your last test um, before knowing that you better be ready for the championship four um, and and having a good shot for a title run but um yeah we've completely thrown a whole new idea and concept out there this week so we'll see are you confident in it i i should be because it's a damn copy and paste from somebody else that was really fast here in the spring so if it doesn't work we got bigger issues
5: Holly, and then Jordan.
10: I, that was going to be what my question was, but you specifically have been so good here, finished all but one lap. You've ever competed in all of these races. So how much are you able to make an impact to kind of close the gap and get it where you need to be?
15: Yeah, um, that one lap That one lap killed me too. Um, knocked us out of the playoffs that year. Um, so... I have enjoyed Richmond. You know, when I first came here it was in the trucks. Uh it was the old asphalt back with the sealer and stuff. I was terrible. I ran into I think I hit every wall there was here that night. And then uh, came back the next time with the Xfinity cars. Uh sat on a pole, won the race, my first win, and that was the repave of this of this track in two thousand four. So, um just have always enjoyed it, always liked it since then, always been pretty familiar with how to get around here. It reminds me a lot of some other short tracks that I've raced at, including my home track in Vegas, the Bull Ring, and then uh, some others around the country, too, and how it's aged and wore out reminds you a little bit more of some of those, those places as well. So it's just it's fun. It's, I enjoy it. Um, I've done well here, which makes it a lot easier to talk about. I uh, would love to go out here and, and get another, another win or two so I can uh, get myself closer to Richard's mark of the most wins here. Jordan?
14: Jordan, Bianca,
6: The Athletic, putting on your team owner hat, I'm looking at the truck series. Is there anything that NASCAR could do or the series can do as a whole to kind of uh, curb costs more than they already are?
15: Um, find more money for us to race for. That's that's where that's where it comes from. I mean, the 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 world of motorsports is not getting cheaper, that's for sure. Uh, people costs, tire costs, just inflation, everything um is really gone up, you know. So the engine program with Ilmore was a was a great start of that, but um those costs have now I think gone up 26% or something in the last two years or three years. So, um, even that's, you know, taking a hurt and we're, our teams are flying less, you know, we're driving more. They drove here to Richmond, um, because we just, you can't, you can't pay for that stuff. I mean, the flight costs have gone up 250 bucks, a ticket per person, you know, to go to these races or something like that. So yeah, it's, uh, you got to race for more money. If it costs more money to go racing, you need more money. And, and if there's, no sponsors, you got to be able to race for more.
6: Kind of following up on that, though, is as costs have gone up, is, is there more that NASCAR can do in terms of juicing the, the purse money to coincide with the other costs that go along with fielding a team?
15: It's no different than running a business, right? A race team is a business. And when you're top line and your bottom line, like if you don't have enough top line, you know, your bottom line is going to be black or red, you know. So whatever it is in that, in that space that you have to work with, you know what you have to work with, and, you know, most businesses operate on a ten to thirty-five percent um, profit range, and I would say race teams probably operate within a negative thirty percent profit range. You know, so we're always spending more than uh, than what we're bringing in, and that's why it takes rich people to do it.
5: Thank you for your time today, Kyle. Appreciate it. Best of luck this weekend.
15: Great ending. Thank you.
0: Alright folks That was Kyle get him out of here Uh, In a great situation
1: There are 16 spots in the playoffs And just one track left Well not just any track
2: We're basically going to have to
1: win Daytona A last chance to keep playoff hopes alive One point to the good And for fans to experience an event Unlike any other NASCAR Weekend at Daytona International Speedway, August 25th and 26th. Get your tickets now at DaytonaInternationalSpeedway.com.
0: Absolutely going to be a great weekend. Grab your tickets. Come to the fan zone if you're down there. If you don't get to make it, we'll be doing lives on TikTok and on uh, probably on my YouTube channel. Also, we'll be downloading videos on both All social platforms, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and TikToks. So, uh, a lot of followers, follow me on TikTok, a lot of going on.
7: So, you'll have,
0: uh, Captain Dave, Daytona Tom, and me, all live. Also, I am going to be blessed enough to head up to Watkins Glen, folks, uh, Daytona, Tom and I will be there. I get there th- uh, Thursday and fly out Tuesday, and the that weekend is Daytona. So I'll have two solid—well, actually, three solid weeks because we got uh, Darick and falls in there too. So that's back to driving. So, uh, guys. Rooms are down. School's back in session. Take a little break. Go down and we'll watch the Coke Zero Sugar Four Hundred. We'll be back uh, Monday morning, guys. We're we're we're, we're going to try something new here when we uh, so we've got Michigan this week. Check that out. And then we've got Indianapolis, the Brickyard, and then Watkins Glen, Daytona, Darlington. I'm skipping Michigan. Didn't get to make it because I did the Watkins Glen deal. I've been to Michigan, and I love Michigan. Looking forward to getting back. But it's hard to get there in August. The June race was a breeze. August is tough. August is tough. It's hard to schedule it in there. I I, I ain't missing it. All right, race
1: fans.
0: All right, race fans. We're getting routed. We're going to close her out. Thanks for tuning in. Kyle, man, get better. Somebody keep Kyle in in your prayers there for us.
1: There are 16 spots in the playoffs, and just one track left. Well, not just any track.
2: We're basically going to have to win. Daytona,
1: a last chance to keep playoff hopes alive.
0: One point to the good.
1: And for fans to experience an event unlike any other. NASCAR Weekend at Daytona International Speedway, August 25th and 26th. Get your tickets now at DaytonaInternationalSpeedway.com.